0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Money Talk. This is Greg Somerville from Somerville Investments. Uh, Craig Snyder is actually going to do the second two segments, a little bit of scheduling and a little bit of social distancing. I've been looking for an excuse to distance myself socially from Craig for some time. So the coronavirus was actually very timely. Uh, all getting aside, not a great, uh, won't do a whole lot of joking around today because I really do think that we're in a pretty serious juncture of the market and uh, people want to, I think people want to know how to look, some ideas about how to look at it. I've been through a few of these so maybe I can be h- helpful in some way. The first thing I'd say is that if you work with a competent financial advisor who you trust, Talk to that advisor and talk about the plan you put into effect in, in much calmer times, I assume. And assuming that it's a legitimate plan, stick to the plan to the degree that you can. Um, sometimes we find when something like this happens, maybe our risk tolerance isn't exactly what we thought it was when we first devised the plan. And you do have to construct a situation where you're going to be able to sleep at night and live with the with the consequences of the market, regardless of what it happens. And the, the reason I bring that up is that I've had a few clients who called up and said, hey, should I sell some stock? Maybe I should move some to, to bonds. And I can't say with any confidence that this is the bottom. I, I may talk in the second segment a little bit about what I think the possible different paths are for the market. Um, but there's, there are some things that I believe that I wanna share with you and maybe it applies to you. Don't take it as advice, just trying to frame some of the questions you might be looking at. So if somebody walked into my office a month ago and the market was at 29,000. The Dow Jones was 29,000, and the S&P and the NASDAQ were at equivalently high um, levels. I could have and probably would have said that over most 10-year periods in history, stocks as an asset class have outperformed cash and fixed income and had a positive return. Because that's true. If you look over the past 100 years, and they might say, well, we're right near the highs. And I go, well, what the statistics show is that even if you buy at those highs, you still, most of the time, will outperform those other asset classes as well as have a positive return. There's a couple of 10-year periods where that didn't quite happen, but it was never a, a disastrous loss after 10 years. So if we take a picture at that moment, now the market is down 25% or so from the level at which that statistic is true. So. I think we would agree that it's more likely to be true since we're getting a 25% discount on, on the price that we were paying just a month ago. So now it seems to be more likely to me that this pattern that's happened almost every time over the past 100 years, that over a 10-year period, stocks outperform those asset classes and have a positive return, it seems more likely since we're getting in at a 25% discount. Then, if you look at what fixed investments are paying, that when this is all past us, people are gonna to have to wake up in the morning and decide, do I wanna put more money into fixed investments at 1% if they're safe, or do I wanna put money into stock market ownership of, of great companies over long periods of time? My opinion is that for long-term money, the better option is gonna to be to own great companies for a long period of time. What are some legitimate reasons, yet I still don't have 100% of my money in the stock market? Why don't I? I don't have 100% of the money that I don't need for 10 years in the stock market. Why don't I? And these are some of the reasons that I don't. One reason that I think is legit is time frame. If you need money in the next several years, that money should not be available in fixed, that money should be available in fixed, appropriate maturity investments. I owe Duke tuition for the next couple years. Uh, I have a couple of other expenses that are coming up. All that money is not in the stock market. Now, that decision has cost me money in the past. When my kids were approaching in the 529s, when they were approaching college age, I moved that money before a pretty big rally because I knew that that liability or that expense was coming up. So if you need the money anytime over the next few years, that money should be available in fixed investments. That's one reason to have cash. Number two, temperament. If you will suffer unduly or intolerably from what is most likely a temporary, although potentially significant, markdown, you should have some money in fixed. And you should decide how much you should have in fixed at a time when the market's not going crazy on the downside. So let me repeat that. Temperament. This is a legitimate reason to have some cash or bonds in your portfolio. If you will suffer unduly or intolerably from what is most likely a temporary, although potentially significant markdown, you should have some money in fixed. That describes exactly what just happened. So if you're losing sleep, if you're worrying, if you're questioning your plan, Maybe you don't have the temperament that you thought you had in terms of owning stocks. And it's not a criticism or an indictment of you. It's just you learned about yourself during this. So maybe you should talk with your advisor or on your own. Think about what's an amount of money that you could, could be more comfortable having in stocks. Uh, number three, behavior. If lower prices and the accompanying and inevitably terrifying news flow will lead you to lower your exposure to stocks by selling stocks at bear market prices, you should own enough on the fixed side to make that damaging behavior less likely. So if you're gonna get so scared that you're gonna sell out stocks and, and, that, and that's gonna lower the long-term return of your portfolio because you're selling at low prices, then you should have enough fixed investments so that that damaging behavior is less likely. Um, number four, And this sounds like it's a little bit dismissive. It's not. Um, It's possible that this 10-year period is different. So I call this one, it's different this time. To the degree that you believe that the next 10 years, whether it's due to deficits, debt structures, Federal Reserve mistakes, wars, global warming, viral infections, water crisis, leadership, lack of leadership, for any reason, maybe the next 10 years are gonna be different from the last 10 years. To the degree that you believe that's a possibility, you shouldn't have 10-year money in, in the stock market. So if the next 10 years is going to be, if you think it's a 10% possibility that it's complete Armageddon and, and these businesses don't do anywhere near the business, we you should have some money in the fixed side. Finally, to the degree, and this is the biggest one, I think and I think it's the biggest pitfall, I think it's the, the hardest one for people to overcome. To the degree that you believe that based on temperament, information, charts, research, experts, or whatever, that you can get in stocks when they're low and out of them when they're high, you should build up the fixed side to take advantage of down markets. If you really believe that you can get out until the dust settles and then get back in, then you should have some fixed, some fixed investments and some cash so that you can buy at lower prices. This is the most important thing I'm gonna say on this show. I don't believe that many or even any professionals or amateurs are likely to be able to do this on a consistent basis. Everybody knows the guy or the gal who sold at the top and then bought back in at the bottom. They, they talk about it at the cocktail party. I'm telling you, I've been in this business for 30 years and it's never been the same person making those consistent calls uh, on a regular basis. So I'm very skeptical of my own ability to do that and of yours ability to do that. Now I said on the last show, I'm a reluctant market timer and I actually did raise not any significant amount but a little bit of cash in some accounts before this thing hit. Not because I had any inside knowledge, just because I was trimming back some holdings and I didn't replace them as quickly as I usually do. But I, I'm very skeptical of that. So to recap, we've got about a minute to go in this segment. Time frame. If you need money in the next several years, have some cash. Temperament. If you're losing sleep, you should figure out how much cash you need to sleep. Behavior. If this thing's making you want to sell and sabotage your plan, you got to get a better allocation so, you don't, so that behavior becomes less likely. It's different this time. If you really believe this next 10-year 10 10 year period is going to be radically different from almost every other 10-year period in the United States, then you should have some cash on hand. And then if you think you can get out and then get back in, then have at it. Sell some stock, have some cash available, pick through the rubble for great names. I'm skeptical of my ability to do that, and I'm more skeptical, no, no disrespect, of your ability to do that. This is Greg Somerville, somervilleinvestments.com if you if you're going a little nutty and you just want to bounce something off me whether you're likely to be an investor with me or not, welcome to call me and pick my brain. Talk to you, talk to you soon, hope and uh, talk to you soon I hope and I'll be back in a minute with the next segment.